Hello beautiful soul, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and I'm going to speak here uh, about one of the biggest subjects in the world. Um, I'm going to do a three-part podcast around the the new label, as it were, on my website of women, art and sex and I'm going to start um, each subject asking the question, what is women? What is art and what is sex? And so today I'm going to speak about this subject. I'm thinking to have around an hour podcast and then possibly to go deeper into the subject in in the quieter realms of my Patreon, um, possibly my mailing list, but possibly not. Um, I've been working a great deal in, the, in recent weeks around boundary and creating the right quality of container I've been really focused in my whole adult life (laughs) around containers and um, I've had a passion from an early age around stationery boxes drawers classifying things filing cabinets (laughs) and putting things into pages chapters um, the decompartmentalization of things And it's only been relatively recently that I've intuitively found my way eventually to the container as a living thing, more like a nest than anything else. The the boundary of which is a living boundary, so it's a spoken word, it's a face-to-face relationship, it's a, a, a living, dynamic life force that is interbeing with other living dynamic life forces and in that way uh, a certain containment and respect of boundary can be made. I'm also recognising that um, the nature of the collective psychosis right now and it it has to be labelled as that, it is nothing but that, um, the catharsis maybe of the collective means that the collective is is hypersensitive in a very unhealthy way to many, many subjects or keywords or expressiveness of emotion or radical meaning rooted ideas and so on. Um, It's really like a very messy no man's land in between two warring parties on the on the mainstream and in the collective conscious right now where um neither side is working towards good and the the no man's land is not a place of peace but a place of just getting caught by sniper fire uh, mines going off thick muddy barbed wired shithole mess (laughs) and um, one of the beautiful ways of really moving things forward as quickly as we can and efficiently as we can in the world right now is most certainly not to try and sit everyone down in that messy space and have a clean conversation a clear-minded clear-hearted clear-spirited conversation um, it's really the the best I'm finding the best um, strategy is to keep off the the field altogether 
um, to find a place far from the war and the warring mentality, which is essentially what the war is. And to settle into a quiet, ensconced place, just like I'm in this quiet, ensconced room up at the back and top of my house. It's like a little attic, except it's under the ground and it's not a cellar down in the bottom of the house, it's up in the top of the house, but it's in under the street, essentially, and under the many floors of buildings above, but in under and without any noise coming into it from the front of the house um, because it's deep in the back of the house and it's up above so the the most noise you will hear in this room is if a, a very very occasional vehicle like a moped comes down the pedestrian mostly pedestrian street up on the top street here and it'll it'll come through here as a very low rumbling but similar to ensconcing myself here so that my voice can be heard clearly on the recording, um, I'm not going to sit outside and record where there's lots of, lots of noise that might interfere with what I'm actually saying and might interfere with, I might have to speak very loudly and clearly to override it. And that's similarly, it's just, it's such a simple um, definition of the kind of clarity I want to have in my messages but it really feels important to, to step out the noise of the outside and settle into a safe space, which is not, not just safe in terms of not being sniped at or getting blown off the field <laughs> or killed, literally, but um, also creating a quiet space, a space with a certain quality of spaciousness around it is, is very important especially around these really delicate subjects which are layered with so much projection confusion um, distortion hierarchy manipulation power games and so on so I'm loving opening this space and I wanted to spend at least a good five minutes introducing that space introducing the energy to just filter out. I've also been filtering out a lot of um, interference in terms of creating a, a quiet space over on my Patreon, on my mailing list, on Hive, uh, social media, decentralised social media, uh, in private groups on the Signal app, messaging app, and, and calling the right people into the right configurations, as it were, little triangles, beautiful trini trinities of people little squares, beautiful little squares of people, little pentagons and little one-on-one -on -one spaces that can just be so enriching because there isn't any distraction. There's just pure focus, pure communication, unhindered, pouring and outpouring back and forth and raising of vibration, raising of energy. And that's something I'm more and more attracted to as these times expand and as everything crumbles and reveals what's underneath. So here we go. Um, what is women? Ah, oh, I've been dying to talk to this subject. I've been, that's such a silly phrase, dying to talk to this subject, but oh, I've been champing at the bit 
I've been thinking all the different areas that I want to cover, all the controversies that I want to disentangle and um, and I've also been going over myself, over the neuroses of what can I say uh, with authority, with my own authority, with my sovereign woman authority and it's amazing how deeply I personally, us collectively, have been conditioned to not believe in our own authority, to not even believe in my own authority as a woman with a womb menstruating, deeply connected with my womb, a de-armoured womb, uh, a de-armoured cervix, uh, a blissful pelvis um, as a woman who's not just womb-centred, but womb-activated, womb-integrated, um, who lives in a blissful state and has a blissful practice of living and is freed from the constraints of time poverty, uh, conventional, conventional concepts of a trophy as obligatory and, and so on. It's amazing to me, you know, speaking this out loud, when we speak things out loud, um, they reverberate, but they also dissipate um, depending on the power of our words and how we share them. And I think that's really core to my identity. If I am going to try and tie down or put labels on anything, it's really core to the identity of woman, womb and womb one. The the core of us is dynamic, living and flowing. Flow, flow of energy, word, vibration, unhindered, unbridled. And yet, as soon as I start saying that, I think of all the millennia that women have been allowed, permitted, um, constrained to only express a very two-dimensional, often one-dimensional one <clears throat> um, identity aspect of their multifacetedness and multidimensionality. And part of the beauty of this time, at, simultaneous with mainstream restricting and squeezing and tightening and censoring and blackening out of reality, at the same time as that, it's doing that because we are expanding our sense of identity as women is expanding so rapidly, so exponentially, and so impossible to contain. Of course, it's impossible to contain. It's just like, you know, like trying to jump on the back of a wild horse without giving it any warning. <laughs> it's like trying to sandbag a tsunami, which is just a ridiculous concept. Um like trying to turn the tides around by pushing them with your hands um, containing women yes it's been really well mimicked like playing at the system with all its pretend power playing with women's power and um, tricking and hypnotizing women to think that they're inherently flawed inherently bad naughty evil even and 
that they're powerless when of course it's the exact opposite like most things that present themselves through mainstream media through news through the medical system which is so interfering in everybody's lives presenting and presenting and presenting this these mantras of you are flawed you cannot heal yourself you are a danger to your own self uh, you have to put your trust in us the ones that are going to come along with knives scalpels and pills and chemicals and douse you in that and then tell you that you need them to save you from the fact that they're poisoning and killing you mm, very distorted but of course there's been this enormous movement there's always been a movement behind the scenes in the indigenous culture in the indigenous in the indigenous mind and soul which is of course part of all human being and um, no matter how distorted we are at our core in our spirit even when our body has been polluted and had bits cut off it and other bits added onto it and our minds have been completely contorted and hypnotized into being so much less than we are there is always the indigenous and the inalienable which is our right to feel good natural whole pleasure in what we are what what we naturally are but again a lot of what's bursting forth out of the collective spirit is being very very aggressively um suppressed and undermined by presumed authority presumed forced consent obligations um interferences and oppressions and that's as as evident in the censoring of the the nude body in art which has been going on for like becoming increasingly promoted as a norm as a normal thing like a normality um in especially in places like social media and artificial presentation of wo- women and body have been really promoted so just using those two examples that's like that kind of covers a really big scope of how women's bodies are only permitted to be visible in the context of them being in tension and bondage and perversion and distortion airbrushed pushed into tight clothes and high heels and heavily made up and manipulated and artificial breasts and silicone injected lips and so on so forth um men's bodies distorted into women's bodies these are these are very particular activities and accepted norms of our time that are trying very very aggressively to counteract the natural rising of what woman actually is womb and actually is womb what a one one of womb one of oneness one of collective horizontal feminine power uh, one of activated interbeing that comes through having womb menstruating birthing mothering sistering and being fully in holistic feminine so 
although we live in a time when supposedly everyone's allowed to identify as exactly what they want to be, it's funny that identifying as a whole woman is so fucking controversial. So fucking controversial. <laughs> and very heavily, heavily censored. The orgasmic birth. The enlightened feminine. The expressive spectrum that each woman holds. It's just ridiculously frowned upon and tutted about and policed. It's not just um, it's not just uh, censored in social media, cens- censoring of a woman, a natural woman's body, but and and like Instagram blocking videos and calling them offensive if it has a woman's breast in it, but not if a man's breast is in it. And um, women's nipples are somehow highly highly disgusting to the collective conscious whereas a man's nipples are are, that don't look that different apart from an engorged woman's nipple or a pregnant woman's nipple they don't look that different they might be a bit flatter a bit less protruding but really it's not that different a thing (laughs) and the fact that that is so emphasized the difference between men and women's nipples is just it's just amazing just amazing But yeah, when we start to dig down into what is really rising up, what has been suppressed and what is now rising up, there's there are these themes that are um, intimately rooted in pleasure. And consciousness and expansiveness and expressiveness that um, this this system, the construct, uh, conventional life, mainstream, in inverted commas, has 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 and is pushing and pushing and pushing to to sell us versions of rather than um accepting that actually womb man is waking and deep feminine is waking and female consciousness is prevailing um and coming out of hiding coming out of the dark conscious coming out of suppression and oppression and we're the way the world's changing with that consciousness coming to the surface is incredibly significant, incredibly significant. And um, I've been passionately pouring out my thoughts on that for many, many years and painting around it and um, arguing about it, essentially. But there's never been a time in my life when I've been so easily able to outpour to truly radiate to truly occupy and embody what I am because I'm seeing other women doing it and I'm finding spaces in which men are supporting it and I'm finding containers and able to create containers myself in which we're able to go beyond all the limitations and restrictions and points of Mm, we have to step back now and like, no, that's too controversial or you can't really think that or feel that or say that. Um, and that to me signifies I as as a, a window of the whole, I as one aspect of wholeness. That signifies to me that there's something very powerful going on in the world when I'm also seeing 
huge movements of awakening of cervix, of pelvic steaming as a healing practice that means that we don't have to spend money or be disempowered about lying on our back with our legs in stirrups and being poked and prodded and having bits scraped off our cervix by a man with a metal scalpel that we don't even know his, his first name sometimes. Um, the movements that are that are that are flourishing in the world right now, even though they're often getting a bit of a a manhole cover put over them. Um, nevertheless, there are fountains and waterfalls and gushing and pouring and orgasmic, blissful expressions of true women coming out everywhere. Orgasmic birth on Instagram, um, spontaneous orgasmic natural birth women showing that actually when you're not on your back and your legs and stirrups and with men walking about the room with scalpels it's a very different possible outcome for a birth when you're profoundly disarmored <laughs> when you're deeply deeply disarmored when you've gone deep into the places into the all the corners and there are corners, little hidden corners of the vagina, up behind the cervix, up around the cervix, um, to the side, to the deep inner sides of the vagina and the womb. When these places have been, have had consciousness poured into them, have had pleasure poured into them, have had the, the nerves re-innervated, reactivated. So it's there's no such thing as a naturally numb vagina. There's no such thing as a naturally numb cervix. When a man is scraping something off your cervix in the gynecological office or a woman or whoever it is that's doing it, if that isn't sore as fuck, then you've got some re-innervating to do. Just on that note, <clears throat> I know the counter voices to this. I know that people's reaction and switching off is always about the limitation. It's always about, but you better to be safe than sorry, better to cut off your breasts than to have breast cancer, better to cut off your cervix or take your womb out at an early age rather than risk something developing, blah, blah, blah. I tell you for a fact that I've healed myself through homeopathy, through very simple pelvic steaming, vaginal steaming with simple herbs that grow out in the garden with intuitively approaching them, not with following some protocol or something that a qualified, certified person has told me, but by listening to myself and trying something out, seeing how it works, understanding the dose, choosing myself. If, if the power isn't coming from self, then where is it coming from? How can anything possibly heal that deeply when the authority is coming from someone else? The the authority, one's owned authority to heal oneself is what heals oneself. The knowing that we can heal ourselves is what heals ourselves. The knowing being fully embodied, rooted, activated within self is what heals ourself. And when I knew that, one thing just followed the other very, very simply. It wasn't about, I have to get this special secret herb that's only available in America. It wasn't about, I have to get a certified organic thing from somebody who's got a certificate and gone through a process, a bureaucratic, bureaucratic process with an organic council in some other country. There was simply me, the plant that was calling me, 
and my cervix, my lumps on my cervix, my fibroids in my womb, there was only me and knowing the difference between something going further in and becoming more compounded and the difference between knowing that and being able to sense that and feel when that's happening and know when I'm not in right relationship with, you know, whether it's with someone intimate, romantic relationship or whether it's with a neighbour or whether it's with a plant or whether it's with my food that I eat every meal, whether it's with the tea that I drink whether it's with an external authority like a gynaecologist. The journey into owning that authority was the thing that allowed me to spiral inwards in a healthy way and spiral outwards in an expansive way at the same time, simultaneously. And therefore to heal myself, to reactivate the toroidal field the toroidal field within the cervix, within the womb, within the pelvis, the echoing outwards toroidal field, the toroidal field beyond my body, the, to take up my full space in the world, to heal my vernix caseosa, the, the layer of protection around myself that should have been there from birth and wasn't. Um, we all have this cleaned office. Violently when we're born, if we're born into hospital care, or probably even if we're born at home and someone takes a rough cloth to us immediately, when we're still effectively in the womb, we're still in that protective layer. Uh, the vitamin K is still being absorbed. We still need to be protected by this fatty layer so that we don't get too overwhelmed with the external outside of the, the ex vitro um, utero, the outside of the womb drama of bacteria and all these interactive things that are going to soon get absorbed through the skin and the breathing vessels and so on, the breathing system. So my identity as living woman who can heal herself, yes, I might still use a modality. Yes, I might still be guided to interact with a plant, to sit on a pot of steam and allow the, that plant medicine to get into my capillaries and up into my womb and to warm my womb, to relax my womb, to warm it because perhaps my energy has been sucked out of my womb that day um, because I've been out and about in the world and the world is not designed for wombs and not friendly to wombs. But ultimately... Um, The authority, if the authority is not within myself, then it's external. And this, again, is such a core part of what woman is. Woman is divine feminine authority. And anything that we're doing that's less than that, anything we're participating in that's less than that, by definition, will not have a healthy outcome, will not allow us to be fully what we are. It might allow our body to continue for a while, in a much depleted state, but it will not be enhancing our relationship with spirit, our divine interrelationship with all things, our ability to manifest divine intelligence, co-creative divine intelligence. So again, that, that might sound like a, a contrary um, manipulation of reality or a limitation of reality, but really it's like the, I suppose it's like the discourse around that there's only one God, there's only one wholeness. 
and there's like a maximum wholeness and a minimum wholeness but there's only one maximum like full wholeness of an embodied enlivened living dynamic potentialized human spirit in woman's body there's only one of that there's just your full happy pleasurable potential or there's like limited versions of it where in order to be lazy about taking care of ourselves we put the authority externally so they look after us instead but of course they can't look after us because they don't know our intimate power or secrets or needs and therefore uh, a pill will never satisfy us uh, an injection will never create the bliss we want as an integral ongoing thing not as a peak orgasmic drug high <laughs> or or steroid or pill to stop us from conceiving or um brain chemical or hormone that's going to interfere with our our emotional mental makeup and keep quelled what wants to express to make it easier to live in the world easier to live in the conventional world um i hope i hope that makes sense i'm i'm talking a bit in circular sense sentences here and and that's part of the feminine the awoken feminine and the the power of the feminine to have all things spiral around and spiral outwards um to not have things locked into dead boxes or classifications or limitations measurements surveillance the 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 true deep feminine capacity to express fully is it yin? I, I sometimes it's like left and right and up and down. Sometimes I really get mixed up with them. North and south and east and west. Anyway, yin, the the essence of women, the essence of the feminine. Her full expression is not just a static, labelable, containable object or aspect or colour or quality. It's a living interbeingness, the same way with the sacred masculine, though the masculine is much more rooted in the mechanical and the physical and the structural and the earth-based. But the feminine is much more in the, the liquids and in the flowing and in the constantly active at the same time as as being energetically act meaning energetically active not necessarily physically active whereas the masculine is much more about physical activity <clears throat> and goals and movement and focusing on goals and attaining goals goals and going in specific directions whereas the women the the true deep feminine is much more about the embodied interconnectedness with all things and actually being omnipresent which is a very different thing from being locked into a flawed and punished women's body as a lot of women even in my generation have grown up feeling like um 
and yeah, not to go into too much into the the pain and wounding of that of how we're taught to shame our bodies and not be proud of our bleeding, not not feel great about our bleeding, not feel empowered and vital and vibrant about it. How we're not to go too deeply into how we're forced into rhythms and financial bondage and slavery when actually we're meant to function in natural rhythms. That's what we're built for. As soon as one steps down into natural rhythms, one recognises very quickly, especially as a woman, that we are built for ebbs and flows, tides, cycles, moon cycles, sun cycles, seasonal cycles. We're not meant to we're much less built than men for mechanical and artificial and man-made structures and rhythms. It doesn't mean that we can't do it, but we do it at an enormous expense to our pleasure, our well-being, our whole health, our spiritual evolution, our uh, dynamic, glorious expression, and ultimately our happiness our happiness and fulfillment in this life. So, there, there is this journey that is being made by these millions right now who are migrating from the mainstream. And we're migrating in all these different ways, like we're we're not necessarily physically migrating, but we're migrating with our minds, <clears throat> with our bodies, um, even if it's not physically um, moving from one place to another or stepping out of one structure, but simply staying exactly where we are and saying no to certain intrusions and trespasses and presumptions, presumed, presumed right to intrude, to trespass. Um, as <clears throat> as millions of us reclaim our own body as actually belonging to us, not belonging to a pharmaceutical organisation <laughs> or a government or a corporation or a nurse or a doctor. When we claim our sovereignty, our health sovereignty, as women, we have different stories as men or women. We do have very different stories as yin or yang and as deep feminine and deep masculine. The stories are completely symbiotic with each other and harmonious with each other and yin-yang with each other. And they're absolutely co-interdependent um, and syntropic, symbiotic. But in order to get to that symbiosis, there is a journey and in order to get to that sovereignty, there is a, a deep, deep, um, challenging challenge of, of questioning everything and looking at the real quality of everything and then stepping out mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, energetically, from all that we are condoning and participating in. And I really, I really believe that women, I know in my whole being and beyond my being, that women have such a power 
to change everything very, very quickly instead of this ridiculous head fuck and brainwashing of us being the weaker sex. Of course we're not the weaker sex. It's just such a, a stupid trick and play with words and play with the spell binding of language that we're, we're considered weaker in all these different ways, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically. Such a, a ridiculous story and yet it's so ridiculous and repeated so often that people believe it. And women believe it and they feel that they can't step out of an abusive relationship or they feel that it's obligated that they have to take these medicines that they don't want to take and that they're too weak to heal their own body. They're too afraid to even contemplating it to because it would involve such a lot of work and it does involve a lot of work, but it also more than work. And this is the thing that the, the brainwashing is so effective at, at tricking us out of our, this heritage, this enrichment, this treasure that we own, that we possess, it's within ourselves. it is inside us. It's not even locked away, it's completely accessible in every moment of every day. This infinite, infinite embodied wisdom, it can't be locked away, it can't be stolen from us. Like They're really going to enormous lengths to do that. But really, it can't be stolen from us. It can only be held in place very precariously with huge amounts of effort by fear. And the fear comes through very specific chains of communication that at any point in our lives, we can just put down, switch off, unsubscribe to and, and walk away from and stop relating to, stop putting our attention on. And the power of a woman to do that, like a power of a woman to to birth freely and bring a child in full consciousness into the world rather than a deeply, deeply traumatised baby who as soon as they, or even before they've stepped out of the womb, even as they're going down the birth canal, they might not even get that far. They might not even get that really important aspect of challenge of their journey as they enter, go through this gateway into the world, this sacred, sacred gateway they might just be yanked out, yanked out by a great gaping wound in their mother's womb and belly. But a woman knowing what her body's actually meant to be doing, what her body's been built for by God, by the universe, by divine intelligence, a woman knowing that is an infinite power she has the power to change the very direction of the human race, of human consciousness, of human health, human abundance, human energetic interrelationship. Because one child born orgasmically, born freely, born without being registered and stamped and injected and cut, having their freaking twin flame placenta cut from them before they're ready to naturally release it all of these things creating this completely constructed trauma trauma-based world that we live in trauma-based construct one child just one child born without that can literally create miracles and just be a miracle worker in the world because without these 
medieval tortures as we're born without these things being stolen from us. This ability to protect ourselves, this ability to come in quietly and gently and sacredly into safe arms, into a safe room, into a safe sacred space. This pulling instead into, uh, into bondage and into registration and into manipulation and distortion of the child's treasures as they're born. That has massive consequences, but they're very forced and laboured consequences that need to be continually topped up, continually resubscribed to your passport, resubscribed to your certifications, um, look to the external for the authority. Don't think of your body as a magical vessel. Think of it as a really problematic me mechanical object that is going to um, be progressively falling to bits as you struggle and strive through life. Um, you know this is how we're this is how we're wo woven into and locked by chains into the construct. And as women, as women, we should know better. We should know better. We do know better because our womb tells us, our womb tells us this doesn't feel right. Our stomach tells us this doesn't feel right. Our instinct, our mind, our intuition tells us it doesn't feel right. Almost, <clears throat> almost every woman that I know who is awoken in the world has, has come to it through some great health challenge and she's been made to feel by the system that this health challenge is because she's essentially inherently flawed and even that she's bad that you know she didn't take care of herself properly or she's got some genetic mutation or she's exposed herself to this or and it's all constructed all of that is constructed none of it is the truth none of it is our true nature none of it is what's going to heal us and yeah we those of us who've stepped out of that, the power to affect change, the power to not just to limit how much hold that the system has on everyone by one person being freed from it, but also the radiating effect of good, of nature, of natural harmonious living, the, the radiating effect of that literally is like... A, like a positive nuclear bomb that's perpetually blowing outwards massive energy billows and clouds and dust of magic. <laughs> um, it's hard to describe that. It sounds silly. It sounds, it's not a very good metaphor. It's, I don't mean it to have any destructive or negative connotation. But the the potential of one healthy person to radiate such a strong effect in the world that literally contracts that limit us are broken. Illness is swept away. Um, disturbed hearts or minds are set to peace. Miracles naturally unfold and the miracle might be something as small as a kitten finding a home or a plant being put in the right place so it can flourish and grow bigger leaves and branches and flowers and fruits and give of its abundance freely. But equally that that liberated spirit 
and energy and womb and connected womb might do really big things, you know, might stop a war, might calm the mind of a, a leader, might bring the masculine into sacred union and, and therefore free him too. Um, the power we have as women is immense and it is it's is still locked in the collective conscious into into victim and less than and doubt about our powers, our voice, the power of our voice, the power of our expression, the power of saying no, the power of saying everything that we want to say, not holding back and <laughs> not accepting somebody else stopping us or someone else projecting wrong or bad onto us or dangerous or mad. Um, it's amazing how the taboos that we have as women are so, um, like they go to the heart of what our actual, our real identity is and try and steal that identity from us, try and make us, uh, keep us in shame, keep us um, feeling rejected if we don't, work really hard at fitting in and really bow down and beg forgiveness um and yet and yet everything like everything that is negative has this contrary beautiful expansive alternative reality that is a mirror of it so all the fear that i that held me in place that kept me sort of saying part of what i want to say but maybe in a bit more coded form. Like in my painting, for example, the, the earlier work was fully expressive of exactly what was going on within me and of feeling and of wide open bodies and expressive faces, although it was expressing something that was inherently painful and locked in, but it was part of a going towards the ecstatic because the feeling of pain that has been numbed is a very important part of moving towards the ecstatic, the blissful, the freedom. But over the years, I even got to the point where I <laughs> put underwear on my paintings or put hands in front of genitals or made particular poses. Um, although I didn't do much of that. And I remember at various points when people have asked me, Oh, do you have a painting that doesn't have any nudity in it? I'm like, mm, mm, not, no, not really. <laughs> and there was maybe one, just one, one painting with some underwear on it, or a couple of paintings that had underwear, and then I painted out the underwear. <laughs> um, but there's almost always a, some kind of full frontal, or full behind natural body in my paintings and as I've explored and got more into my own autonomy and sovereignty and healed myself um the pleasure of that the divine pleasure the blissful feeling of simply expressing what is coming through the connection with Sheila Nagig and the ecstatic wide open genitals and exposed genitals, which both of those words, exposure and genitals, like they, this is why I'm going to do a whole 
long podcast around sex, the word sex, because the words themselves are traps and limitations. And my yoni, my root flower, the flowering of my root energy is nothing to do with the words genitals and the medical label that limits and and relates it to disease and dis-ease and disharmony and gives authority to someone else to say it, like to curse it, essentially, to fucking curse it, to separate my root flower from the being, the full beingness of what I am and say that it's something that is inherently limited, like you have to go and have it checked and surveilled and prodded at and cut open at least every six months. That's the theory. But what is that theory? That theory is simply a bondage to being abused and tortured every six months so that then they can force medicine on me, which they say is going to help cure the fact that I'm inherently flawed. I'm not inherently flawed. It's just that I'm being tortured every six months and it's leaving me in an extremely traumatised state or a deeply unconsciously traumatised state. And that's considered medicine? Really, really. And I'm considered mad because I, or, or eccentric or like really radical. Of course, radical just mean rooted. That I don't go to the hospital and I don't go to a doctor and I don't go to a gynaecologist. And I know what the lumps on my cervix are. I know what to do with them. I know how to speak to them. And I know that ultimately, ultimately, a lump on my cervix is about my own bliss and about where I'm not expressing bliss. And it has nothing to do with knives or operations or burning or cutting bits off or removing parts of the cervix altogether. It's nothing to do with that. Like that is not a language I speak. It's not a language I will ever speak again. It's something I've tried out and it didn't work for me. And it's really ugly and really, really shamefully destructive. Whereas the language that I now speak is based on actually listening to my own body and being present in my own body. And that to me is what woman is. If I'm not listening, if I'm not owning my body, if I see down there is something separate from me, <laughs> if my root flower, if my yoni isn't reverberating out great petals of joy and opening bloom and ecstatic, erotic sentience, then what the fuck am I doing in this body? You know, I really would question anyone who isn't experiencing this bliss. Like, why are they not moving to bliss? Why are you not looking for bliss? Why do you not believe in bliss? And maybe just just try... What would it feel like to believe in bliss? What would it feel like to know woman as divine unity of blissful expansion? What would it what would it feel? Um just as a, a little seed to plant here about my own experience of healing, which is all I can ever really know. I can know that I had some significant lumps on my cervix at various points in my life, which I was told you have to have cut or looked at further or interfered with at that point no I didn't want anyone looking at me further I wanted to look at myself I wanted to feel myself I didn't want to feel that somebody else is in charge and has authority over saying what is going on in my body only I know what's going on in my body it doesn't matter how many bodies they've cut open and looked at nobody but myself knows 
what the consciousness of my body feels like. And these are the facts. These are two very important facts I've come up with in my life that I've discovered within myself. Maybe three. Okay, here's three really important facts. Here they come. This is why I can't really classify things in numbers and so on. But the three things are, one, that I've got such a relationship with symptoms and illness, having turned it around on its head from what conventionally is understood and submitted to as illness and disease, to the point where I know that all disease and any symptoms that I have, no matter what they are, are gifts. I know that for a fact. That is a fact, a reality, a fact. So by knowing that, that allows me to go into the gifts and receive the gifts of them, not to see them as something separate from me, not to be afraid of them, not to be running away from them, not to be trying to suppress them with conventional medicine, but to go into the gifts of them. And every time I'm ill, I gain enormous, enormous gifts. So the person that I am at the end of the illness is profoundly richer, healthier, more vital, more vibrantly alive than I was before. So what does that mean, eh? If that's the truth and that's a fact, why is everyone not experiencing that? You know, I'm just lucky that I've been repelled from the conventional system so much and I'm so strong-minded and I've grown up on an island where I was exposed to nature all the time, so I was pretty organic when I was a kid. But just for whatever reasons that led me to be free in that way, how is it that I've got that fact in my mind which then allows me to heal everything, heal it myself? That's just a very important fact about life that is is the opposite of what's being told to us by everyone else and by the system. The second fact that I have to present here, that is all I can do is present the facts and tell the truth. That's all I'm ever striving to do. But these truths that I know are extremely fucking expansive. The second fact is because I don't have a numb vagina, because I've awakened it and I've de-armoured it and done lots of work in my vagina that make me really strong and open and alive and happy and well and full of pleasure and make my pelvis not a a tense knot of pain, um, but a really happy, open, alive, flowering consciousness, which is integrated with my whole consciousness. When I had lumps on my cervix, which the doctor was saying one thing, the gynaecologist was saying one thing, and the system conventionally, you know, if I went and did any searches about it online, it's just like, you're going to die, you must be cut open, you must have bits cut off your most sacred parts, and etc., etc., you know. The hysterical, patriarchal viewpoint. When I spent time in my body, listened, touched these lumps. Oh, it's not physically possible to touch your cervix. You can't possibly have touched your cervix. Shut the fuck up. Anyone who tells you that, just go and touch your fucking cervix. And just really... Anyway, (laughs) I have actually had that real conversation twice with a female doctor's gynaecologist and with male gynaecologists in Italy about this absolute, like, these are people who've worked their whole careers, you know, older men and women who've worked their whole careers with women and their cervixes. 
and they're telling me that I can't touch my cervix when I know for a fact like that is just such an absurd like why would someone be telling me that why would they be telling me that because they don't want you to touch your cervix they want you to think and they've convinced themselves even though it's completely untrue that women can't touch their cervixes the only thing that stops you from touching your cervix is your mind saying I shouldn't touch my cervix or I can't touch my cervix that's such a fucking stupid thing because you know what the cervix is? It's the absolute core of divine pleasure. An awakened cervix is, you can put your finger on an awakened cervix and you have access to divine union with the whole fucking universe. You have access to God by touching your cervix. So don't tell me I can't touch my cervix. I've touched it and I know what it feels like. And when I had these lumps on my cervix, the the terrorising, the mental torture, the brainwashing was telling me danger, cut them off, etc. You know what happened when I put my fingers on those lumps? I felt divine bliss and pleasure. I'm not crazy. I'm not living in a fantasy world. That's a deeply rooted, empowered, worked for fact that my pain supposedly my disease supposedly was in fact bliss it was bliss condensed so these little lumps that disappeared these little hard as metal rocks that fell out of my womb were condensed bliss and that's what they're trying to get us to give them reason to put a scalpel inside us or a blowtorch or a laser cutting us open, really, really question it. Look at the facts and look at what happens when you put your attention in your cervix. So that's the second fact that I feel is very important. A third fact is a really simple, intimate knowing that every orgasm I've ever, ha ever had, so-called peak orgasm, every single orgasm I've ever had in my life, has become more and more expansive. As in, when I was young, it was a very tight, intense and strained experience. And it was a peak and a trough. And as I opened up my cervix, womb, state of being as a woman, the quality of my experience as a woman, as I opened it up, I came to a place of deep, deep pleasure that wasn't just in the peak of the orgasm and then the rest of life was really hard and difficult and strenuous and painful and diseased. That orgasm reached out into a blissful state. It wasn't that everything came from the orgasm, but the blissful state was something that became more prevalent in my reality. And that in turn made me move away, like gravitate away from unpleasurable things, unpleasurable rhythms or relationships or bondage to contracts or restrictions. And the more expansive my orgasm became, it wasn't something I was even trying to do. I didn't have a practice around it. I didn't have a, a way of making it more, more blissful. But I really noticed that the bliss of a profoundly transcendental 
full-bodied, but not even limited to body, beyond-body orgasm. It didn't have a beginning and an end. It was more like a, a quality of being. Just as I said that, um, I glanced at the counter on the clock here, recording, and it said one zero 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 one. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Three zeros and two ones, um, and the ones either side of the zeros, and how, yeah, that seems very symbolic. Which is something I'm going to talk about in the next hour. I'm just over the hour now, and I'm aware that these. Um, this conversation needs to be contained. I can say a certain amount out here and it's in a relatively public realm. Um, but I definitely have the sense that some of the things, if people would like to hear more about this, it has to be said only to people who are interested, only to people who can hear it and who are enthusiastic and actually want to interact with that. And that really means um, stepping into a quieter space, really. So... I might be doing one hour more public and one hour more private on these particular podcasts. And I might actually be using that as a, a, as a model in the future, either, um, either or, or both and. <laughs> so I'll keep you posted about that. But if you want to hear more of these conversations and you want to hear the private conversations that are in a contained space, Join me on Patreon. That's the place where you definitely will get access to them. Um, I might be putting them on Hive, onto the audio, um, decentralised uh, podcasting platform. But equally, it, it's likely that I'm going to just keep them in a private, just a private conversation that um, folks on my Patreon and people who are inside that container of they're gifting me support I'm gifting them all that I'm creating that's that's a good container for me to be sharing it in also if you'd like to ch chat live about these things about this kind of stuff this great great stuff um, join us in our co-creative sessions we meet every Wednesday 11am and 4pm Rome Italy time Central European time and our morning sessions tends to be a bit more lively, a bit more chatty, even though we're trying to just keep it where there's a bit of space in between the chats so that we just have the quiet as well. It's very important to co-create in the silence is very important in between the high energy of chatting and mental cerebral activity. But the afternoon session is usually a much quieter one um, where we're much more symbiotic and perhaps even more in the feminine energy. It's quite often only women in the afternoon session. And that's really powerful to be able to, again, interweave what it is that we think of as women um, and express with each other and express where we are in that moment and in that week. And um, to paint together or sew or write music or simply sit and witness each other, chat, um, so yeah I'd love to see you there I'd love to meet you there um, again join up on my Patreon if you'd like to definitely get access to another hour of this I'm just feeling into it just now and I don't know I need to go and get lunch now but I don't know if I, I'll be doing another 
um, deeper dive into this, but it is such a powerful subject. And I've never really spoken this out publicly before about my own particular, very specific things that I've done about healing, orgasm, blissful state that I live in and the harvesting of that. But ultimately, that's what I'd love to teach and share in the world and inspire in others. And ultimately, we all have access to all of this all the time. So I'm not telling you anything that you can't already know within yourself. But yeah, it does involve looking at self, uh, being willing to look at all the parts of self, touching self, knowing self through sentience, through energy and touch and movement and where we're putting our energy, where we're putting our focus. So yeah, I would love to talk about that more. So I will be doing a deeper dive. And um, yeah, I'll see, see you there, I hope. Um, I love you and I'm sending blessings and thank you for listening and thank you for witnessing. It's beautiful to be witnessed in these in these discussions and um, to know that through this, I become more woman and maybe you're becoming more women and maybe the men will hear women more and be able to witness them more, make more space for them and be able to give them what they need more and exchange. Um, yeah, I'll be talking a lot more about that, about how a woman cared for and protected can give a thousandfold or a perhaps infinitifold. <laughs> much more to talk about that. Blessings and love. Blessings and love. Blessings and love. Ciao.